This is the Faculty Focus Live podcast. I'm your host, Tierney King, and I'm here to bring you inspiration, energy, and creative strategies that you can utilize in your everyday teaching. This week's episode is sponsored by the Teaching Professor Conference. This year, join us in person or virtually to pursue your passion for teaching. Today we have Glenn Walton with us who's going to share nine and a half ways to humanize your teaching in an online environment. To start, tell us a little about yourself and why you decided to become an instructor. Well, I wasn't always a teacher. About 10 years ago, a little over a decade ago, um, I, I left my Fortune 500 job where I was in advertising sales for over 20 years. And before that, I was in marketing and management. And I also, in the 70s, was a police officer. So I've always dealt with people in a number of different ways. And after I finished uh, the big corporate job, I said, you know, I have a master's in uh, marketing and management. Why don't I do something with that just to, because my wife really didn't want me in the house at the time. (laughs) She says, go find something to do, please. And so uh, I started teaching with Purdue University. And of course, in the last five years, that's become totally online. And you can do this anywhere in the world. You can do what we're doing right now, anywhere in the world and make it relevant and exciting. So I started teaching and I found that I absolutely loved it. I had a great passion for it. I enjoyed it tremendously. So that's how I got started in this and somebody gave me a chance and they are still giving me a chance. I know that you do some, you know, odd quirky things in some of your classes and one of the things is a rubber chicken. So tell me a little bit more about that that's in your videos, how that started. Well, obviously we've got the chicken before the the, the coop right now, but um, boom, but basically what I do is I'll bring in some kind of a piece, an entertainment, because I do sound boxes, um, little sound machine boxes that you can buy online for 20 bucks. And it adds to the content where you say, okay, everybody, did you enjoy that? And they all, you know, I said, okay, okay, it's all right, fine, fine. So just little things to break it up, to make it more humanize the experience of learning. And when we do that, I I use a rubber chicken. I interview the rubber chicken. I call him Rudy the rubber chicken. I interview Rudy. He's my partner and and telling people about what they're, what's due, what, what they need to, the instructions and he'll squeak, you know, and, and people will send back and I do a video of that. I also keep the videos on a very short basis. I I only do like a one to three minute video. If you do more than three minute videos, uh, you're going to start having people drop off when they observe things. So make it impactful, you know, make it, make it uh, dynamic. And oddly enough, it becomes a point of, well, am I really teaching or am I entertaining? Ladies and gentlemen, in order for your students to capture what you want and what you want them to learn, you almost need to do both. And that's why I put together the nine and a half ways to humanize the online teaching experience because all of them I've used and they're all working beautifully. So yeah, lead us into those nine and a half ways of of what you do in your online environment. So the first way, I, I, the first thing is uh, to humanize online learning is to make sure that the students enjoy the interaction and the opportunity to participate more. In my online seminar, I will stop every five to 10 minutes and engage them in some kind of a 
activity, whether it be a poll question, uh, whether it be a, a question about their opinion on something, and they type it in the chat box. Now I have in, in my seminars, uh, I have large classes. I teach introduction to management right now. And this is just starting out. So they're getting a good idea of whether they want to stay with us or not, or whether they want to continue with their education. You've got to make it impactful. So what I try to do is make sure that I, I create an environment where they enjoy coming to that one hour session. And I have students post in the chat box an average of uh, 15 to 20 times in an hour. And if you, I have a large class, uh, I may have 30 people. So I can't, I, they see me in video and audio. They hear me in audio, they see me in video. But I only allow them in the chat box because if you, if you put too much of their videos in, in an hour's period of time, you're, you're not able to give them as much information as you'd want to, to set them up for success for that, that unit. PowerPoints are also important and it gives them something to look at. I do what's called feature slides. Feature slides give them, or event slides. For instance, if I'm going to tell a story to match up with what's going on with the, the situation, I'll put a, a, a slide up with me as a picture holding a book and on the top I'll go, it's story time with Professor Glenn, you know? And, and I say, this week we're going to be doing this, this, and this. And so I tell the story. I used to tell stories all the time before I put up an event slide like that. One time I, they said, oh, we love that, that slide that you put up. I tried it just as an experiment. And they said, that was the best story. And I told that story in all these other classes before, and it was never an event like the one that they loved. At the very end, I will put in a takeaway slide. I want them to tell me what was the top three things. Uh, what did you get out of this one? I, I change it up all the time, but I say, your opinion is valuable to me. I need to know if what I've taught you has reached what I wanted to accomplish. And so I understand, I value your opinion. And they really appreciate that. So the next one is be predictably unpredictable. Say that fast three times. Go ahead. Yeah. So um, what you want to do is create an element of surprise during the seminar presentation. You need to change up your routine. Uh, just as they get comfortable with how you do things, surprise them with some kind of a different approach, you know, like, uh, yeah, surprise them. There you go. So uh, a sound, a story, a question that shows them that you value their participation. See, planning a change in your routine also as an instructor will also create a more refreshing environment for you because you won't get bored with teaching the same things over and over again in the same framework. Now, number three is be visually appealing. I talked to you about, um, oh, the PowerPoint slides. I may only use 30 slides in, in an hour's period of time, but 10 of them are event slides. So the slides should be colorful, meet up with anyone that has a disability, making sure you're checking online with that. There are features now that you can do that with. And one of the things I did, especially during the pandemic, I started last year, I put together a videos, five to 10 minute videos for my students who are parents with children at home. And so I created a kid's story time with Professor Glenn, where I do, I'd read a book or I teach them how to do a, an origami fold. 
anything of that nature. My mom was a kindergarten teacher, so I learned a lot of techniques back then. When I found that I brought that in and I, I put it in announcements so they could have it and it was available to them to show their children. I found out from my students, it was so exciting. They said, we really appreciate the fact that you're showing our kids something. They will now let me work on my computer a longer period of time because they know Professor Glenn's going to be sending them once a week, sending them a video just for them that they can work on too. So it's almost like school for them. It was a really interesting idea. I just threw it in there and I've been using it ever since because I have a lot of adult learners in my, in, of course, in my courses. So that was kind of an unexpected fun thing to do. Number four, you've got to be trendy. You've got to find up-to-date articles, YouTube uh, pieces, all kinds of things on video that they can go to that mirror exactly what's going on in present day, not just stuff that was done four years ago. Everything is so immediate, changing daily. Make sure you're investigating what's, what's important there. When they don't get something in seminar that I told them they're going to have to do that, that week, I'll ask at the very end, I said, any confusing things? And they'll say, yeah, and they'll type in the chat box or some of them will say, no, everything was fine. Some weeks I get confusion, other weeks I don't. And what I do is I create a mini three-minute ex explanation video to send out to clear up confusing seminar information or a clarification follow-up video. No, no more than three minutes. You record those specially then for based oh. on the feedback of what they uh, Yes, send? absolutely. I, and it, it can change every week. Of course, it's going to change every week but it can change every semester also. So it's, it's, it's a way to stay current with your students. They understand when you're putting that out there, they don't have to watch it or they can watch it. You've given them the option, but you've put forth an effort to make sure you're connecting in a human way with their needs and their wants for that situation. And let's see, I'm, I'm up to number five right now. Explain your expectations. I've talked a little bit about this already, but elaborate on your, on your discussions. I do little videos, one minute videos before the discussion. Usually I, I used to type what I wanted them to do on the discussion. Now I type it, but I also do a video of it at the same time reading it. And it's hard to believe, but many people like to watch the video as opposed to just reading the explanation. You just don't, you just never know. It, and so I, I do do both. And it sounds like I'm talking a lot about doing a lot of videos here, but if you're just yourself and you talk and you explain things and they can look at it and go, oh yeah, that's what he meant, because they can see the nonverbal message that you're sending in your face, whether you're like, you're serious? Now look, you really need to work on this point one through four. Okay. <laughs> or, you know, like, have fun with this one, everybody. Enjoy giving me your personal experiences on this. Do you think the, I mean, you do so many of these short videos, but do you think that portrays kind of an in-person element a little bit better because, you know, you're constantly giving feedback and little snippets, you're doing videos and little snippets rather than just doing, you know, an hour long lecture at them? Oh, it, it, believe me, in this day and age, how long do you, how long before a commercial comes on on the TV? All right. And believe me, you're in a box. They're watching you in a box. It's screen time with you. But I not only use my, my own face and voice, but sometimes I'll create other things. Like I told you, I use the rubber chicken. Uh, 
There are times I use, I, I blew up a yellow balloon the other day, drew a smiley face on one side with eyes and, and I reversed it to a frowny face on the other. And I said, hey, Mr. Balloon knows that you need to get your stuff in by 11.59 on Tuesday. So he'll be happy, won't you, Mr. Balloon? Mr. Balloon doesn't say anything, but they're like, they're looking at Mr. Balloon, not me. And it, as opposed to me just getting on the video and going, I need all your, your work in by 11.59 on Tuesday afternoon. I mean, make it different so they'll go, oh, that was cool. I did two, um, I had two Birkenstock sandals that were old and worn out and the flaps were coming down and I put wire on the bottom of them and took eyeballs so they were both talking to each other and saying, hi, boys and girls, I'm telling you, you know, and then I was going, yeah, I'd like to do that one. And so I was doing voices and Birkin, I called them Burke and Stock and Burke and Stock were talking to them about something. And I had a student just emailed me yesterday because that I put that video up the other day and they go, oh my goodness, that was, yeah, I'll get my stuff in real quick. And that's all they did. <laughs> it, it's just because you change it up and you've taken the time to make it Okay. And uh, you need to be everywhere in the course. Six and seven are be everywhere in the course. Design your class to be more inviting and pleasant. Wherever somebody's going to look to get instruction, make sure you're there with an explanation. You're supposed to be uh, to give some personal insight and motivation to the student before they begin. So we use, uh, I use YouTube until uh, Purdue Global came up with this new video called Kaltura. And so we can do Kaltura videos it works right in the class. There are a lot of different things. I've used Screencastify before in the past. Anything you can do that, that you can make sure has closed caption for your students. I've had students who are, are deaf and they'll have people in my live seminars typing to them and I'll make sure that the words are coming up so they can see what I'm talking about. We need to be connecting with everyone in every situation nowadays so everyone has the ability to see what's going on with the information. You talk about the eighth and the ninth way, and I kind of put those together. It's the course materials and human factors. We've talked about this already. I, I use a, when students are doing a great job in seminar and they've, they've really shined or they've all, all of the classes answered. When I do poll questions, they're all answered. I can see their answers. I'll pull out a bowler, a black bowler hat with a light bulb that turns on on the top. My wife got it for me for Christmas. She says, you can use this in the classes. I know you. And so I'll put on the hat and I'll go, brilliant. You're all brilliant. And they, I only pull it out once, maybe, maybe twice in a, in a class. And they're all, if I, the next, next unit, the next seminar, I haven't pulled it out yet. They go, where's the hat? I said, you have to say something brilliant. You have to be thinking of brilliancy. You know, I have a Mark the Management Monkey it's a monkey that I got for Christmas one time, and it's, it, it shoots across the room. Uh, it's a little monkey, and it has a screen. Yeah, and, and so Mark the Management Monkey gets excited when they do something great, too, and they're all like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. But guess what? It maintains their attention. They don't know what's coming next, and they are thrilled to have an opportunity to just enjoy what's going on. What's scary is I have people say, I wish the, I wish the seminar was a lot longer. And, and, and you go, okay, <laughs> I guess I must be doing something right. So that's important. When you use all these different elements and stuff and people or your students are kind of are waiting for it, um, do you get more 
students, you know, raising their hand, more students talking and everything because of this, because they kind of want to know what, how you're going to respond to them? It is interesting. I have had, uh, from when I first started doing this online and trying to get maybe, you know, everyone to post at least a couple times in a discussion, in, in your chat box, to the point where the least amount of people that post, I mean, they, they are constantly interacting. It's the interaction that makes the difference. And as wonderful as it is that we have this brilliance as an instructor and this knowledge and this expertise that we want to transmit and, and to help transform the student. It's like when you're listening on a TV show and you look at something and it's boring, how quickly do you change the station? And folks, they will turn a professor off or instructor off big time and just let it play while they're playing on their phone or they do something on the side. If you aren't involving them in, I have them help me teach the course. They are actually helping me teach the course or teach the seminar because they're participating. And you'll find that some of the students will ask some phenomenal questions or they'll make some interesting statements about how they feel about a certain situation. And it will lead to greater discussion on that piece. And I'll have them take it uh, over into the discussion for that week. Uh, but not everyone, I, I will say this, not everyone can be like me or should be like me. You have to be your own personality. I, I put something together and I want people who are listening to this to understand. I'm going to ask, what do you bring to the course you are teaching? No matter what techniques or ideas you see that others have created in their programs, unless they fit with your type of personality or your, even your style of presentation, they, will, they won't work for you. They're not going to work for you. So you, the instructor, are truly the most important half of the teaching equation. The new technical online information you discovered just recently in this last year, especially during the pandemic, is only, it's really only half of what's going on. You're in uncharted territory. Whatever you're learning through your learning management systems or what you have as tools, you've got to reach out and look and change what you're doing to make sure that you stay relevant to what's going on in the community now. But you must be able to adapt to it. And so when I come to you and I tell you, these are some of the things I've learned to do over the last five years, and they work, I want to make sure I share that with others because it makes a difference. Very cool. These are great tips. I think a lot of instructors don't necessarily think about implementing just, just little sound effects or, you know, a monkey or a hat in their classes to engage students. So what the small things can do in a classroom online is pretty amazing. Um, and then I think we'll just kind of end on, is there anything, maybe just something that you've done in the past year that really sticks out to you that you want to tell our audience? I continually try to look for new things and things. Uh, well, for instance, I did something the other day, multiple choice poll questions, A, A through E, right? And I also sing and I've sung in barbershop quartets and that type of thing. So I have what's called a pitch pipe. All right. And on the pitch pipe, it has A, B, C, D, E. So I told my students, all right, everybody, I'm going to cheat a little bit this week, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to hear what the answer is. So the answer was A, so I went, I said, okay, anybody with perfect pitch, you know the answer, you've got it. And and so 
that was really something that just, I saw it laying around and I, I picked it up and I went, oh, look for common things that everybody else knows or, or doesn't know. Introduce them into your, your experience and let them experience that same thing with you as you learn together. I learn every time I teach. And the reason I do that is because I listen and watch what others are saying. And that makes a difference as to how well they feel I value them and how well they value what I'm bringing to them. Perfect. We appreciate you coming on the Faculty Focus Live podcast and sharing your your tips and tricks with us today. So thank you so much. It's been fantastic. (laughs) 